0: From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud.
1: Yo, now you're going to storm me from the top. Listen, shout out Harlem, man. Shout out ASAP Rocky, man. all in the building, man. What's good? Is that potato salad? Yo, listen... Niggas give me the code, shoulder. I can speak for myself, so I keep a hot waist and alligator the belt and got a belt with the holster. I ain't playing games, but got some little niggas who would do it, so I pass the controller. You can press the next out, try angle your nose, pause your life if you squares, try to mess with my O's. Whoa, so uh, cut the crap like
2: Potato salad, anyone? That is Tyler the, crea- the creator. We found out about that, of course, is Sap Rocky. Oh, so good. Through our Pass the Chord yearly musical review of 2018, if you haven't listened to that that came out over the holidays you it's gotta this get feat. on it it's two episodes ago I believe or three episodes ago and then uh, the last week's episode is the character episode we're getting great feedback on that Dueling Go Blooms went over beautifully uh, it is really two of our favorite episodes that we get to do every year the music and the characters and uh, I'm so happy to present that to you happy 2019 I hope you guys are doing okay I hope the government shutdown isn't affecting the people that we have here and I hope it ends soon yes uh, let's turn the page yeah but before we do we got got to speak about what is sort of the final sporting event of 2018 and yet it falls in 2019 mm-hmm. and that is the college football uh, championship mm-hmm. uh, the championship game uh, once again, Here we were with the same two players uh, in a game that is supposed to, uh, in my opinion, rotate uh, other teams and give new teams hope. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, one of the reasons why the NFL has been so exciting this year is because there are teams that haven't been in the position of being teams that, you know, are drawing buys and mm-hmm. winning divisions. You know, obviously the Patriots are there, obviously the Saints are there, but you got teams like the Rams who 3 or 4 years ago were terrible, teams yeah. like the Chargers who haven't been making the playoffs, teams like the Chiefs. So, teams like the Browns have hope again, uh and a lot of teams that we aren't used to seeing are making their way into the postseason and that didn't feel like that that doesn't feel like that's ever going to happen in college football, and I think that's part of the disappointment. That's why this year, Randy, ticket sales, the prices of tickets, yeah, it was like $2,000 less than what it was last year, when at least there was a new team in the mix. When this was the lowest-rated national championship game since 2012. Yep. That's that that's not good, and, and it just is showing you what I think is like the UConn women's basketball effect. Yes, You get— they're the ones who collect all the best athletes, and they're the ones who get all the five-star recruits. It feels like we just did this take about college basketball. Well, yeah, we're doing it about college football, because I can tell you right now that Alabama's going to be great next year. Tua's coming back. He has to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Clemson's going to be unbelievable. They return like 19 guys. So who's going to stop Clemson Clemson in the ACC? They basically have a cakewalk through. They're not going to get beat. Florida State is bad. Florida State is down. Louisville is... uh, uh, They're not going to get beat. Louisville's in the Big East, but they're not going to get beat. They are not going to get beat. So what you wind up having is you're going to have, if Alabama loses just one game next I don't think year, there's a big East for football. Oh, maybe not. If Alabama loses one game next year, they'll still pass the quote-unquote eye test because they have all five-star athletes at every single position. Yeah, they're going to lose a bunch of guys. They definitely will this year. They always do, but five-star guys are there behind the five-star guys, and behind those five-star guys are other five-star guys. They recruit running backs by telling them, you know what, you're not going to play a lot, and that's a great thing because we won't put too much run on your tires. We won't bald out your tires so that when you go to the NFL, you'll be fresh. That's our way to sell you that you're going to actually get to the NFL because we'll show enough of you for people to see the potential, but we're not going to run you into the ground. And so again, there, there's just no stopping this. So when people say we're going to expand to eight teams or even six teams, you can expand to 64 teams. Guess, what? Guess who's going to still be in it at the very end? These two teams. That's it. And so is that good for college football? I say it's terrible. And I don't know. You know, we scratch our heads and try to think of a way to fix it. I mean, obviously, it's as free market as it gets. You know, yeah. you, you you if you can get kids to come to your school and you can line up five stars behind five stars, then you get to do it but what we feel like it needs to happen and this is not a socialist approach to college football but it certainly would make it better i think for a lot of people would be to limit the number of five star and four star athletes that a team can recruit it'll force you to find other guys who are under the radar guys who could in fact at the time that you recruit them could Develop into great players. Uh, it will give other teams a chance to grab some of these amazing players that are that are in their home states. It will give other teams a chance to rise up and be competitive. You know, obviously the Alabamas of the world aren't going to root for something like this because they have a chokehold on on the system. But I think this is the kind of thing where we need to say, "Look, we're not." And by oh, the way, or let it keep going the way it's going. These two teams will be in it next year, and most fans who aren't fans of for certainly, no, like you know, casual college football fan will care about this game. No, you'll start to see it continue to decline and decline and decline. And also, you have the issue of regionalism within college football. People in co- like college football fans, the casual fan, you know, if you went to a school and you care about that school, we know a lot of people who are like that, who are like, hey, I kind of pay attention to what the score is. You'll know about your school, and that's about it. Fans who are a little more into college football will know about their school and their conference, which is essentially their region. All right. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. You have to be a crazy, diehard college football junkie to even know about other schools and other conferences and know about lineups and know about things like that and care about the college football championship game. And if it's the same teams that have met the last four years, three of the four years in the championship game, no one's going to want to see that movie again. It's going to start to diminish. And so college football has to do something. They have to. If they want to see their numbers continue to rise, and the answer isn't adding more teams to the playoff. The answer, in my opinion, is sharing the wealth of some of these unreal athletes and giving some other teams a chance to grab some of these guys. Then it becomes about coaching. It becomes about coaching decisions. It becomes about how are you going to use these players and how are you going to find sort of these unknown guys and plug them into your system and coach them up. It doesn't mean—I'm not saying, by the way, you each get one five-star. No. That's what I'm saying. No. I'm saying, what if you got four five-stars and ten four-stars? What if the eight five-stars that are sitting on the bench at Alabama were dispersed elsewhere? Yeah. What if they were sitting, you know, over— What if they were dispersed? They were starting it in other places. Would that change the landscape a little bit? Would that make it any different? It would certainly give some of these unbelievably talented guys and other schools—it would raise— it would raise the interest level and the importance of a bunch of other schools mm-hmm. in their own respective things, which in my opinion is good for college football on the whole. Absolutely. You're going to get more fans involved when a team like North Carolina State has a, fi- a couple of five-star mm-hmm. guys that are exciting and, mm-hmm. and making it exciting. When teams like Kentucky, you know, mm-hmm. they had a good year this year, but if they had a couple guys to mm-hmm. back it up mm-hmm. and to look forward to that's another thing you, mm-hmm. that'll make excited. exciting. If, if schools like Northwestern grabbed a couple mm-hmm. five-star guys, mm-hmm. you got a great coach. Mm-hmm. If you had a five-star QB mm-hmm. coming in there. Uh, it changes the game. It, cha- it changes, changes the it league, changes the game, and changes everything. Teams like Utah. Like, what if Utah had a five-star QB or a mm-hmm. five-star running back? Like, those are the kinds of things that I think would add more fans to the overall mix of college football instead of the same because if you teams. create more parity in the little conferences and leagues themselves it creates more parity overall and then we don't know what's going to happen at the end which right now we're, it's we are it's kind of we kind of know what we're going to happen. Kind of know. All right, that's our idea for how to fix it. It it may not be popular and people will say like, "Oh, you'll see kids tanking their star rating, but why?" You know, you want to be seen as if you get if there's value as being seen as a five star athlete. I don't whatnot. think they'll tank. I just think it'll force coaches instead of stockpiling a bunch of dudes to be smart about who they grab, and to talk about fitting their system. It'll force them to. It might actually even be better for them because they're not chasing every single guy. They're getting their guys and then they're sitting back. They're picking who they want. I love it. Come back, kid, Sharon Van Etten. Love her. Is it Sharon Van Etten? I think it's Van Etten. Uh, coming up after the break, a great guy we've had on this podcast before. He's got an awesome show on Comedy Central called Corporate. Jake Wiseman joins us, and then later on the show we got a voicemail from Nick Cage, Li- high off the hog, living high off the hog of uh, Glo- Spi- Golden Globe winner Spider I mean, I mean, Verse. Spider Verse won the Golden Globe, and he's a big reason why. God bless it. We'll be back with more view from the cheap seats right after this.
1: At the top of our-
0: Hey everybody, it's Elaine Welteroth, and I'm hosting a new podcast called Built to Last by American Express, where we will dive deep into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Our debut season will focus on Black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, we feature the story of a Black business trailblazer that has inspired a modern Black-owned business. First up is Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant, Slutty Vegan. We'll also chat with Hanifa Muemba, the cutting edge designer behind the Hanifa 3D Digital Fashion Show. Plus, we'll check in with Issa Rae, our modern day renaissance woman. We hope that it encourages all of our listeners to support these businesses as well as the black owned businesses in your own communities. Tune in for these amazing stories and others on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies.
2: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, We always love having this guy on because it is rare when you have uh, a comedian who is doing it in the comedy world and in TV with a great show corporate, but someone who's also a sports fan. Uh, Someone who loves sports and views it in the same way that I think we do in terms of it's a nice escape from a lot of the things that we do. You kind of exit who you are, you exit your life and you become a fan of something that, that's beautiful that people can do that we simply cannot. Jake Wiseman, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be here and that's exactly how I feel about sports. Especially, like, the older you get, you're like, can I just watch something that I enjoy without thinking too much about it? Except mm-hmm. none of us can watch it without thinking too much about it. Of course. Oh, well, no, and,
2: and if you're a fan, like, truly a yep. fan, because I know we kind of talked about it, you reminded me, your Jets? No, uh, no your, Giants, Giants. Mets, Knicks, Knicks Rangers. Because okay. I love pain. Right. Uh, I mean, like, there <laughs> all was. A, Great, like once great franchise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you can think back to the '90s when a lot of that was cooking and actually doing it, fairly well. The Giants weren't that good back in the '90s. No, were the they? Giants weren't. Good '80s in the 90s. though, Giants were unbelievable. Yes, and in the yeah, mid '90s, you got a, you pulled a Super Bowl out of Tom Brady's hands. which two, is two, two Super Bowls. Two. Ma- Max Greenfield, Do you know Max Greenfield? I know who he is. Great He's actor, huge Giants, huge fan. Giants fan. He. Kind of says it in a way that we understand as Cardinals fans, like we can't get mad. I mean, we had one of the greatest World Series comebacks and ever you can't get mad so he's like he kind of treats it like we're playing with house money
3: that's exactly how i feel i mean especially the fact that eli won two super bowls while everyone kind of has always called him the stupid brother yeah. and like made fun Let's of Cooper him Manning. yeah and it's it's really funny because he has won two, two super-, super bowls beating the patriots twice both in remarkable ways like just what's funny about this is how i sort of look at it The Giants have won two Super Bowls in the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. Both times were so remarkable because the seasons were unbelievably unsatisfying. And then they somehow pulled together these runs. So I was never able to really enjoy a great team. Mm -hmm. I was just able to enjoy two incredible upsets that are legendary. Legendary. But I've never really had the pleasure of enjoying a powerhouse. But it was fine. And I can't complain because... Some teams, like the fucking Chargers, have never won a Super Bowl. It, exactly. So I have to just enjoy, and I can always go back on
2: YouTube and watch the highlights. That's so right. So it's fun. This might be and Watch the David Tyree Catch. Exactly. Uh, this, David Tyree or David Tyrell? David Tyree, Tyree. is a comedian. David, yeah. David Tyrell is a comedian. No, David Tyrell was a ride receiver for okay. Michigan who later went to the Bears. It's it was David Terrell. Tyree who David caught Tyre. it on
3: his head. Helmet. And then... In the second, the second win, there was a Mario Manningham catch that was almost as amazing. That's another Michigan, Michigan guy yeah. down the
2: sideline, right? Yeah, he was awesome. That that wasn't for a touchdown, but no, it was for a first down down the sideline. And side he stayed
3: in bounds, and it was incredible, and definitely led to that drive. Yeah, it was is it awesome. But I mean, I definitely treasure those moments, and I know that I honestly for ten more
2: years I can't see anything. You cannot. Yeah. And what's insane, and I will say this, is that you know if you are able. To look big picture, which is what most sports fans cannot do. Look big picture. You have one of the best building blocks of any team I mean and Saquon Barkley. It's, it's pure joy. But Saquon Barkley is at the beginning of a long-term I mean, I, for the first time in my year, in my life, after playing fantasy football for like 12 years, I won a fantasy league, and I think I won because of Saquon Barkley. What round did you get him in? I picked him first overall in the whole draft. Smart. And so, but... People doubted and they wondered. And to me, you know, yes, baker Mayfield worked out for Cleveland. It was a great call. But that should give you hope because we kind of talked a little bit. We talked in our first segment about the national championship game and how it basically is like the Army All-American high school old-timers game. Because, like, who gives a shit? But – Trevor Lawrence, that's like, what, I'm, what if the Giants tank well, and you get Trevor Lawrence? That, well, that's what I'm hoping. I want in, Eli to play year. one more year. Yeah, you're, I like, want, you're like, bring him back. I, old, I literally want games 10 dummy.
3: through 16 for him to be playing in a literal wheelchair. Yeah. I want them to sack him every yeah. single so time. Why does Eli Manning have a catheter? <laughs> or just direct snap it to Saquon every yeah. play and then please get Trevor Lawrence. Please get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I will say this. Or, or argue the Giants I mean,
2: trade up to get him. Like, trade, sure. trade up to get him, or what I say is, you know, a guy like Dwayne Haskins comes out this year. Mm-hmm. He is the number one quarterback, they say, in this draft, but he's not the number one player who's going to be picked. Right, the Giants might be able to trade up to get him. Or in, like, they might I mean, have to trade up. If they're at the sixth or fifth or sixth pick in the draft. Still dra- pretty damn good, Like, yeah. you'll get—Dwayne Haskins is going to be a fantastic pro. Well, it's also— An amazing pro. What's Warren esque.
3: The Giants—I mean, Eli has been— um, way better than I actually thought he would be, to be completely honest. Just, uh, uh his career has been pretty excellent. It's been, it's been above solid. And I think that that's mm-hmm. kind of- Is he of, a Hall
2: of Famer, though? This well, is the talk. Here's I mean, the thing: what do
3: Obviously, you think? on talent alone, he falls short of the Hall of Fame. Right. However, I desperately wanted to be in the Hall of Fame, not as a Giants fan, because it would anger everyone. And it I would think make that- people <laughs> so mad. It would
2: infuriate everyone. Stephen A. Smith would be out of breath. But, just I mean, what are
3: we talking about? It's not it. But that's, what I, but that's why I think Eli is my favorite because He's divisive. everyone hates him. He's yes. fucking even divisive. Though, even though he is a wonderful guy. I'm sure. He is undeniably a good guy. He never says anything wrong. Both times he won the Super Bowl, after the Super Bowl, like in the interview, he was like, you know what? I know he won the Super Bowl and I'm thrilled, but I got to play better. Like he is like such a good, right, decent kind of, man. Is he uh, married? Oh Eli yeah, married? he has and he has his fourth kid on the way. He has oh, like three daughters. Like he's he's anyway, a yeah, good man. he's a good guy who he never is. he's he's And so... he like
2: has to deal with the New York media, which is the worst thing it's, in the and world. And it's funny cuz
3: he also just keeps it real boring. Like yep. the, every time they're criticizing me, he goes, "I know." I get it. <laughs> and it's I just love him and so I think he's and the fact that he's won two Super Bowls over the goat is just a wonderful sort of fuck you to everyone who wants to hate him, especially cuz they've hated him ever since he was drafted cuz of right. the trade that
2: his dad forced, that's right? Hate him and dismiss him. I think those are the two attitudes towards him is to hate and dismiss. So I think, sort of, the Giants franchise has
3: never, or or for many. I'd say for like two or three decades now has never focused itself around the quarterback. Even Since Phil Sims, Sims Phil Sims but,
2: Sims, but it was really the Phil Sims back. was
3: not like a. But, he but he's was not. not a, he's not an Aaron Rodgers. He, he was he's like a game he's manager. He's part of that's the. Right. Yeah, he's part of the system. Right. And so I would love to see like a groundbreaking QB be a Giants uh, QB, but that's not really how they do it. They're much more of a system team. It's
2: not. But if you did have a guy who could distribute the ball, and again, I Jay, you bring up an important or interesting sort of idea of Dwayne Haskins. Because this might be the where you get a guy like this, mm-hmm. and because Eli's coming back, you can you don't have to throw him in there right away. I mean, it's amazing if Eli plays bad and you're zero four in the first few games, then maybe you throw him in, and who
3: cares? You uh, know? Yeah, and I have a I, I just I think I feel different than New York fans, and New Yorkers aren't known for their patience. But really? uh, that's yeah. way to hang on a second. That feels a bit
2: like a snap judgment about New York.
3: It is, and I'm allowed to because I'm one of them, <laughs> yeah. um, and I feel like it's just sort of listen, we got a lot of problems. And, you know, the the offensive line could be so much better. Like, our defensive line could get a lot better. And I just feel like... Listen next year we're not going to win anything. No. And even if we go 8 and 8 it's like who cares if we go 8 and 8. And I just I just think that if we don't get the QB this year we'll get him the next year. That's right. And we have so He's many holes we need to fill. Ah, right. Maybe we can do some work in free agency, but in general I just want to enjoy Saquon and OBJ while they're two of the best players ever. ever. And you know in like 5 years they're not going to be like like OBJ is just getting beaten up and it's like i just want to enjoy these years enjoying these beautiful talents and then maybe we'll get a qb in there and maybe in like three or four years we can start to be really good playoff
2: good and, and i mean just, not
3: necessarily yeah super bowl good. but like playoff good is great you know because yeah,
2: honestly I mean, the two times they won the super bowl they were just playoff good that's so, right so if you want to know how great and how difficult it was for the for the giants to win those two years i'll put it in the context of this year because i feel like we don't even remember but Philly barely got in on the last yeah. on the last on a dink, dink. on a dink on up. a dink well i mean they barely got in and then they barely won that game now they had to go to chicago and face the best defense and they drove all the way down the field you got to give nick foles credit but it's that team winning the super bowl over the kansas city chiefs twice Doing it twice, but I'm saying that team from that seed, from that place, coming at running the table. So now they got to go to that. Would be if the Eagles go to the Saints and win down there, which is. Holy, possible Saints have been playing like shit the last three weeks. So it is possible, but I don't. And think And they you're won a win. Super Bowl, so they have
3: that sort of like I so can do Drew, it.
2: So no. did Drew Brees and so did Sean Payton. So like that Fair. that kind of that canceled itself out. And do you hear? Th- do you read about Sean Payton like bringing in two hundred fifty thousand dollars? Yeah, he brought two hundred thousand dollars. in a in a, in like, like a wheelbarrow or something into yeah. the locker room and the Lombardi and the trophy, trophy and a Super Bowl ring. But isn't that crazy that he's still doing those kinds of things, things with money? Like, was because wasn't he involved in the let's put a hit on the quarterback? Yes, <laughs> There's a little extra that. money for your pocket. It's like he's still doing that in you know, another way. You know what's upsetting though
3: is Sean Payton used to be a coordinator for the Giants, and they've let so many good coordinators go. <sighs> yeah, and it's but, such yeah, but a coordinator.
2: Shame. What you have to understand is that coordinators. This are always are always on their way up to the next thing. No,
3: I know. It's just devastating. It's just like fire your top guy and fucking get these great coordinators. That's true. Um, I also just, what I'm secretly hoping for the Giants is that they get Nick Foles. Because Ooh. that's what I really want is like because he's solid and, and like stopgap for a couple of years. Yeah, it's a stopgap. I I would be cool with that if they don't if they can't get the
2: right dude. QB. What if you are Philly? What, what if Foles wins? I know. What if he wins? And I've I've we have really close friends that are huge Eagles fans. I'm like, what if he wins this next game in in I know. against New Orleans? Totally and, possible. And then you're playing. And then they come out the, here and they play the Rams or whoever, or, or, or if, who the Rams play they. Dallas. Dallas. By so. the way, Dallas could beat the Rams. Oh, definitely. Okay, so let's say they—if for some reason the Eagles beat the Saints, then they play a team that they know in Dallas, and then Dallas wins. Yeah, or but or, or the Eagles win. I mean, that to me would be an incredible story. They make it back. Then what do you do? dude because Carson Wentz could not take you there.
3: I know. Certainly not at the wild. beginning of this year. One of the joys of rooting for the Giants those years they won was I truly felt like we had nothing to lose. So it was – true everything yes. was like if we lose, I know. We're not that good. So and then every is... time they won, it was like a full-body orgasm. Okay, so
2: don't you feel like that's the way in to make a – draw a connection or to, to Hollywood? Anytime you go into an audition and <laughs> yeah. you're like, I don't give a shit about this, you yeah. get it. I know. Every single person we've spoken to who who we've spoken to who made it on to SNL, I'm like, how in the – what was your attitude? Because the pressure of standing in a room where no no one's going to laugh. You know no one's going to laugh at these jokes that you need laughs to help you even understand the cadence. Lauren Michaels is going to sit there arms folded. No one's going to laugh. They make you do it on the stage of the thing. (laughs) How, How did you do it? And every single person to a T said I didn't think I was going to get it. So I just was like, who fucking ah, cares? whatever.
3: I know cuz it's like if you're the Rams or you're the Chiefs, you're kind of like this Fabergé egg that you don't want to drop don't and it. it's like <laughs> ah, da, da, yeah. da, da, da. that's so that is Don't a let your 6-year-old hold it. Yeah. And it's like I don't want that pressure. It's like cuz if you you don't if you are if you are Mahomes, you're Goff and you fuck up in the playoffs, you don't have an excuse. And you so don't. or you're Sean McVay, you don't have an excuse. You are the best. You are a genius. And so I that is really – it's really stressful win. until you've won one. Because the thing is, Belichick has won a ton. So it's like if he fucks it up, it's like, well, I've already won six times, you know. But if you're if you're like Andy Reid or you're mm-hmm. Sean McVay, like mm-hmm. you're kind of expected to finally figure this out. And that is so stressful. Until you win, it's very stressful. Andy
2: Reid has a little cover you can be like, Mahomes hasn't been there before. He's great. He hasn't been there before. Sean, uh, you know, the Rams have a little less because they made it last year. but also Except the less. Rams have weird... Yeah, I, girlie's hurt, but fine. But, hurt, but like the also, Saints have no excuse. Saints yeah. have zero excuse. Mm-hmm. If the Saints lose at To the point, Eagles or or even or the Rams or the, the or whoever, whoever the Cowboys, comes in, they have no they have no excuse. It, it is I will say this, this season and into these playoffs, I know you're not your team's not there, but like they are there feels like more parity. It feels like fr- it's in stark contrast to the national championship for college football, right, which we talked about at the top, and at times, somewhat the NBA. The NBA is starting to shake out the way I thought it would. Mm-hmm. The East is far more interesting than the West. Mm-hmm. Far, far more interesting than the West. And I, Golden I, State's going to win it all, dude. I watched right. last night. I was. <laughs> they probably will. I watched last night. and I'm like, okay, Houston James. What James Harden is doing right now is, is he's out of his beard right now. He's just in another level what he's doing in the last month. He's just been incredible. But the Greek Freak stepped up last night in a way. They were down on the road in Houston at the end of the third quarter, and it looked like Houston was making a run. And, you know, five points turns to 10 points in the NBA very quickly, and then it turns—to me, 14 points is the point at which the game is over. Oh, so that's like, it's hard to yeah. come back from yeah, that yeah, when, yeah. A, when a lead starts Although to Although the out. shot clock is so short, it is it forces— It is, it is like, like, but it I was tightens. like, I don't think Milwaukee— I think Milwaukee is going to come down to earth and be told where they are right now, and then they came back and won. The Clippers, I cannot explain this year, the I fact know. that they are the, the four seed and won again last night. Well, also kind of, I mean, we, they've been getting better, but the Nuggets, it's like, how good are they?
3: I they're don't know. great
2: because they're young and yeah. they're good. They're young and they've got a center that can shoot the ball from way out that you have yeah. to respect. So it is, so when he pulls his guy out there to guard him, now you're going to get offensive you know, rebounds. Offensive yeah. rebounds. End, uh, you're Boston you're... is fun to watch even though they're so far. Toronto! Fi- Toronto. Philly is yeah. really enjoyable. Yeah. I, I kind of like, there are teams for me because we never grew up with an NBA team, but there are teams for me to kind of, like I like Joel Embiid. I, like, I love Joel Embiid. Isn't he, isn't he great for Dude, the league? He's
3: so fun. He'd be
2: great on the Knicks though. Oh, he's Wouldn't be he be great on the Knicks? Oh like my God. Like New York would fucking love that I know. guy.
3: Well, he that's what he's going for.
2: He's going for like center of New York, sort of like I constantly think, stirring shit up. I think he, he would. So be his when his contract is up, the Knicks should throw everything they can. The problem is, James Dolan is he either has to quit his blues band or, or just, just go full into the blues band <laughs> and give it And, and to stop doing it. Like, or is, someone should let Charles Oakley just get to him. Two of the nine security guards just <laughs> let him go. I think
3: I still, uh, being a Knicks fan is so incredibly painful. And it, what's funny is though, I do have, even though they never won, the 90s Knicks. Were amazing. It, it, and I can't believe there hasn't been a 30 for 30 about the 90s Knicks because Dude. fucking Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, I still, even though they never won, I feel like we won five championships because of how like how badass we were
2: I think that whether or not it's true Anthony Mason was like you just want to be like he was a janitor and then he like you know what I mean like, and he I, was still janiting he, he was Is still janiting <laughs> he was still janiting while he was playing on the Knicks yeah like, no, he would playing a game and then he would like sweep up the garden he, 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 like, <laughs> he did up and down yeah he he was incredible oh. and you know I mean Patrick Ewing was because Randy and I are older than he's saying post Patrick Ewing when they didn't have a big man oh you're it was saying when like it's Alan Houston I just
3: loved all of it it Latrell was Latrell Sprewell. Yeah, Latrell choking out coaches and they were giving him a chance. What a psychopath he was! Um yeah, Latrell
2: Sprewell you bought, you, a bo- bought a boat, bought a yacht <laughs> yeah. for his house in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I'm like, dude, you know that you can do that, like. Three months out of here. You got to have like ice insurance. I know you <laughs> um, don't have ice insurance. You got to like deglaze your yacht. But I can't I can't thing. reiterate enough how much
3: pain it's been. Just yeah. constant pain. And it's super funny. And like, it's also funny just being from New York where you're kind of, when you're raised in New York, you're raised to believe you are the center of the world and right. that New York is the most important thing in the world. And so it's funny because I don't even get to be a Yankees fan because my dad was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. So then he couldn't be a Yankees fan when they left. He had to be On a Mets fan. On principle
4: alone,
2: yeah. it was the Mets. So
3: I've just felt a ton of pain, and it's, like, really funny that you're raised in, like, New York and you have this bravado, but your teams are so bad, and even though you theoretically can attract talent,
2: every time you do, it's a mistake, and it's so funny. Do you think your dad's choice to make you a Mets fan in some weird way, like, was a precursor into you getting into comedy, only because... It forces you to look at the world and not accept what should be given to you, but to look at it in a different way. Yes, I think that my dad didn't want me to be happy. Right. And so, therefore, that's <laughs> Great how my whole life has rolled out. Yeah. Comedy, there you go. <laughs> I agree. It's like it should be a lot of pain. But from pain comes the best comedy. 100%. So, when you're sitting there going, God, you throwing shit at your TV, you're wishing the worst things possible on these people. I mean to be completely
3: honest it, it 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 really does inform how I look at it. I've been watching the Knicks this year and even though they're probably going to end up with the single worst record in the league, I love it because eh, Chicago. Because what's real I mean it's going to be close. I yeah. mean if we get Chris Kristaps <laughs> back if he decides to come if he if he does rehab himself and is able to come back then obviously we'll do a little better but I'm kind of hoping he doesn't because I like when I watch the Knicks if they're up by 5 in the fourth I'm like, well now I just get to watch how they blow it. Yeah, and exactly. I, and, and I You're get watching to sort of serious yeah. like
2: giving away of the it's, story. It's
3: almost existential when I watching mean, it. And yeah. I
2: watch the Knicks because they have two ex-Michigan players on the team, Trey Burke and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and Hardaway. And... You know, sometimes those guys look good. Sometimes, sometimes they, they look, look quite, all right. Yeah. A lot of times they don't.
3: Yeah, and it's just, it's it's almost unbelievable t- because when other players play at Madison Square Garden, even LeBron is like, dude, it's MSG. Like, it's amazing. But It's a big deal. You, but
2: nobody good plays. They still, the team is so bad and the coaches they a, hire are so bad. It's a bummer because, it, it again, we had Blake Griffin on this podcast before he got traded to the Pistons. And he was talking about LeBron potential. He in his brain, he's like, LeBron should go to New York. And we're like, why? He described. He's like, you play in Madison Square Garden. It's different. Yeah. He's like, it's just different. Yeah. It's cool to take the subway to work. Yeah. Or or whatever. They obviously don't. But what I'm saying yeah. is like, but it is cool to walk out of MSG yeah. into this city that like, it's so cool. That I just, mean, going there as a kid was the most incredible experience. Yeah. Who, what's the game you remember the most? Like, do you remember? Well, like,
3: actually, weirdly, I went to. Um, because I'm a big hockey fan as well and right. so in, in 94 when they won yes. the, I remember th- I, they were playing the Devils in the conference finals obviously that's when Matteo scored that final goal in the, so I didn't go to game 7 but I think I went to like game 4 or 5 I think game 5 and it was the night um, of the of the riots because like, Rodney King was happening then. So oh June 18th is my birthday. And then June 17th, 1994, that was like, you know, you've seen the ESPN
2: documentary about no that. With no host. That's an unbelievable it's documentary. It's the best no thing, narrative. but, but yeah.
3: I was, so <laughs> around that time, they were I were rioting my, for your birthday. Yeah. one of my birthday presents was like, To, or my birthday present was to go to that. So I remember people rushing into Square Garden, trying to start a riot in the garden, and then like the security guards having to hold them back and being really scared and everything. I remember that vividly. Yeah. They were trying to riot at the garden. It didn't work, but they tried. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but one other thing about that is a little bit of a tangent, but I remember seeing. Um, I, a bunch of my friends went and I went to go see Speed that night. Um, like that was like another thing that I really wanted to do. We thinking, I guess I was very spoiled. So we <laughs> went to go see Speed and it was about a chase on the 405. Uh-huh. And then I come home to watch the Knicks and there's a chase on the 405 interrupting the game. And so when I saw that documentary, I was like, I've never felt a documentary more in my life than I
2: remember this day so vividly. It was, um, it it, was crazy. It's yeah? it so funny because we were out of the country. Oh, really? As this was all happening. So we had just graduated from college, uh-huh. and we were, let's take a tour around Europe. Sure. Now, this is 94. No one had cell phones. Right. Not that Cell phones didn't start coming until about two or three years later. Nobody had a cell phone. There was no internet. None. No, like, let me check this thing. And there wasn't even internet cafe. I mean, there was- I remember being in Venice, and we ran into- the parents of like par- parents from our synagogue, like people we knew with their son was uh, maybe like, I can't remember. And, they and were we like, said, hi, hey, how's it going? We had a whole long conversation. And then as we were leaving, they're like, Oh, by the way, OJ Simpson killed his wife. We we're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Because like, Nordberg? Nordberg? I mean, oh, yeah. we had only known him from naked. That was the most recent reference to the guy. Now we had only known him, but we knew him obviously through sports, but, his his sports prowess came before we were conscious. Yeah, he was in seventy two and mm-hmm. seventy three and whatnot, and certainly at USC in the late sixties. But like, you know, he was. Oh my god, OJ. He was OJ, but o. J. he was the Hertz guy. Yeah. and then so he we was, ran. So we ran to a newsstand. Like this is the only way you could find out. News. We ran, and we saw a Time magazine with his face with his wow. mug with the mugshot, and we were like, I guess. And this is how poor we were. We're like. I guess we gotta buy this now <laughs> to read this. Like, find out. Can we just read it at the stand? And the guy's, and the guy's like, like hey, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. We're like, all right, sorry, sorry. We'll sorry. buy it. We'll buy it. But it was, uh, that was like that day, which is insane because we're such big sports fans and we were so dialed in our lives. Totally missed us. Missed us. The whole thing, the ramp up to it. So when I saw the OJ 10 part documentary series on ESPN, which is, I actually think, changes documentaries on the whole. It's pretty unbelievable. I I think I watched the whole thing three times. It's eight parts, Rand. Eight parts. 10 part coming up is the Bulls. Jordan thing, that's next year. That's going to be A 10-part documentary on wow. the Bulls. I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah, that's happening. happening but but the, it was an eight-part, two hours each one. But yeah. like that was just one of the most fascinating oh, things I've ever stunning. seen. But it, it had so much about this thing that we, we did live through. That's funny. It's almost like a time that maybe we, it felt like we were in a coma during those yeah. days. It's almost now. like when you get older and you aren't so tapped into the popular music scene and then you go to a club and then a song comes on that everyone's going nuts for and knows and you're like i don't know this yeah that is a really weird feeling i "I don't know i'm dying yes (laughs) i'm old are you you still going to clubs i go to clubs a lot (laughs) dude it's crazy (laughs) that you do that Uh, Well, let's talk a little bit about um, your show, which is out again. I got picked up again, which I'm so – let me just give Comedy Central some props. Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. But I'm going (laughs) to give them props for picking your show back up because it is a thoughtful, complicated – Stylized. Stylized. Stylized says a lot about – corporate america and youth working in corporate america and like just how it's so funny i was thinking this is what i think about and i know it's like separate from this but we'll be traveling the country to doing stand-up and whatnot i remember being on an escalator and we were it was we were taking a flight late at night we were from doing a job somewhere i think this was not even from doing stand-up and i saw a guy his like jacket was kind of a half, like, business suit. It was 11 o'clock. Clearly he was traveling all day or worked all day and it was half off and he looked and fucking And he had this, like, heavy miserable com- computer Heavy bags. computer bag that looked like it was basically destroying his, like, trapezius muscles. <laughs> and he just looked, and you know he had a family and he's looking at his phone and he just looked Beaten down. Beaten down and miserable by the system. And I'm like, that guy is your show, yeah, but your show's show. funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... But
3: even that is funny funny if you're not him
2: it's like oh wow you
3: get one chance at life and this is what happened to you so you say to yourself why do people put themselves through this shit it's so fun I mean our show uh you know it's a comedy it's it's basically just a comedy a lot of jokes but it really is just about how I mean we're just so lucky that we do this for a living and we obviously had to work really hard to get it and it still is a job and it is hard and to be to be able to we've talked about this I think last time but like in order to play at this level, you're essentially like kind of an athlete that yeah. has been picked to be in the pros and yeah. it is hard to stay in shape. Sure. There's yeah. younger, faster people coming all the time and mm-hmm. you gotta really stay sharp. But it's I just think when you live inside a capitalist structure, especially one that is so rugged as America's, you just get beaten down and and if you make a choice when you're pretty young to like go for some money for whatever mm-hmm. reason whether you need it or you just want it or whatever then you get really hooked on that money and to take less to get a job that would maybe it's make like you Obamacare. feel better. going to take
2: Obamacare away yeah. from people they're already
3: used to it. Exactly and so you can't really, that's the thing about humans like once they get attuned to something, once they get attuned to computers working like the internet working real fast if you ever get less than that, if the Wi-Fi <laughs> is even a little spotty, yeah. I Kill myself. Yes, and so and I think that that's sort of what our show is about. Is like, oh fuck, I'm stuck. I, my life is fine, but I'm so miserable because I really don't want to do this, and now I have to. It's it's it's. But the, you don't have
2: to. But in your mind, you've created. In an your mind, you I have, have to, to, and then maybe you get a, a partner, you
3: get a kid, or you, th- we have a joke in the first season that's like, I I would like I would like to quit and follow my dreams, but I don't want to give up living in a one bedroom apartment for a studio apartment.
2: Like literally, <laughs> like I'd rather like I'd rather suffer every. Every day, so I can have one extra room. It's 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 yes. It's about corporate America. It's about uh, people who marry rich people for that life. Yeah, like they they. There's moments of clarity it's, where you look through. It's almost like you you close the shades on your life. And that and it that is an apt reference to this show because I love the lighting of this yeah, the show. Yeah, the lighting I, is like it's, its own character almost with the show. It's muted. You know, it does not look like any other show. That's why I fucking love it. So Thank you. It, you you shut the shades on your life, and every once in a while, a little sunshine peeks in. And you're like, what am I doing? Yeah, and then you're like, you have that moment. Do you go out into the light, or do you just shut the shades and be like, I gotta stay here? Yeah, and that's what a lot of the characters in the show are dealing with and that's why I think the show is just, it speaks to Also people. very specific, each of them, like all the characters have their own shit. Yeah, the characters are own sh- Well defined.
3: This year we tried, with season two, we tried to kind of talk about just life in general. Like we have an episode this year about um, how you you get to a certain point if you have a, a, a day job how going to a concert theoretically like oh I want to do it but then you're like there is nothing better than not going to a concert <laughs> to like literally our, our the thesis is like just stay <laughs> home so much better yeah. than the concert It's just like stay home and masturbate you know what I mean <laughs> just stay home and masturbate because that's, that's better good for trust a lot of me yeah. and get you, a good night's sleep you want to be someone who's like no I love live music I'm going to do it but then if you don't get a night of sleep that will compound itself to a, a week of misery no it's go,
2: it goes almost back to what we were just saying about the Chiefs and the uh, and the Chiefs versus the Giants. It's almost like, don't give me that shot. Yeah. If I don't have that shot, then I can stay home and no one's gonna be mad at me. I'm yeah. not gonna ruin. Something. If I go out to the concert, it better be great. Yeah. It better be amazing. Yeah, or there's else. like if parking sucks or if I the, this happens or somebody's standing up singing the entire time and ruins it mm-hmm. for me, then you're like, why, why did, did I, I waste my? Why did? Because now I'm gonna pay for it tomorrow morning but when I have to be. You're at work. gonna pay for it because you're on this other track. Yeah. that has to do it. it Really? And you had corporate Jay. you worked in the corporate world? I worked
3: a, a lot of different shitty jobs, Matt, who uh, co-created the show. Um, he worked specifically for like a bunch of different big production companies in town that were very corporate. So it was like and I worked at a chandelier store. Like I had so many weird different jobs. But just <laughs> That's so funny. Pretty much I mean The thing about corporate jobs is, like, it's not just corporate jobs. That's kind of the hook. Any job that you don't want to fully do sucks. Totally. It's just true. It's, like, it really sucks. And, like, you're lucky to have them, but it still sucks. And people in this country, and I know you guys understand this, the way most people speak to each other, if you really listen, are just, they're complaining back and forth. That's it. And and unless they're truly just thrilled with what they're doing, it's all complaints. And even when you're thrilled with what you're doing, it's still just complaining because everything hurts and it's really hard.
2: And also there are times where I'm, if I'm happy about what I'm doing, which we are happy about what we're doing, the uncertainty is really hard, especially once you have kids. You have kids. We have kids and house and all this stuff. But like, there are times where like, if I'm really happy with what I'm doing, or proud of this pilot that we're writing, or is proud of some stand-up we're doing or something, and I'm talking to someone who I know is not happy where they are in their lives, I don't want to be the kind of person who gloats in the face of that. So I will find things that I'm upset (laughs) about to share with them so that they don't feel so So bad. So let's bring the discussion back to sports. Mm -hmm. The idea that we also have to really appreciate is that the thing that we are trying to do involves our minds. And yes. not our bodies. you That's when I, I actually feel for these athletes. I thank God for everyone. But I feel for these athletes who have, like, a three-year shelf life. You know, the best, the best can do it for 10 years, 15 years. If you're Tom Brady, you can do it 20, 25 years. Okay. But, like, everybody else who's human can do it. For, and then they have to go find a whole other thing to it's, do. It's pretty stunning.
3: Like, I, someone else said this, so I'm paraphrasing it. I don't remember who said it. Otherwise, I would attribute the quote. But essentially, it's like, I kind of feel for athletes a lot of the time because, of course, they can make a lot of money, but they spend their whole lives doing this thing. And by the time they can't do it anymore, that's just about the age when you actually start to realize what life is and what's important. And you so are. by the time you realize what's important, you don't have that superpower you had.
2: You didn't, and you have to define yourself in other yeah. ways. But it's, I would even argue the money part because yeah, back to your show. Goes but away. Let's, yeah. let It goes away, but let's say they make, you know, and you have to pay your agents. You have to pay taxes and all that stuff. Let's say you clear – As an athlete, $5 million. Now, that's a lot, or $4 million over four years, a $1 million each year. If you're someone working in the world, in the corporate world, if you're up deep in like investment banking or whatever, and you make $300,000 a year, which, by the way, is not a lot of money for investment banking. I know investment bankers make $2 million a year. But let's say you make $300,000 a year. It's a good salary, but it's not the top. And you do that for 30 years. I mean, it's better. And also, you're, other, you're at $9 million. Well, you, you, you've out earned this athlete who can only do it for four years. Well, and, uh, and this is a very
3: obvious thing, but, you know, if you're an athlete, Uh, often you come from a poor place. And so you're going to like help out people in your neighborhood. You're going to help out your family. You're going to buy a house because you've never had a house. And then, oh shit, all my money's gone. Mm -hmm. And then you can't pay your mortgage five years later. And
2: by the way, you're not making it, you can't make a million dollars a year over the next period of time. So it is, it's fat. We heap a lot on these athletes. We heap a lot of our own emotional. So like, where's these? It's funny because there are people who go to jobs and they hate their fucking jobs and they just want to go to the game (laughs) on the weekend and just say, and then all of a sudden... It like, and all the people, diff-
3: and all the people playing at the game, like some of them as they get older, starting to think, God, I need a job. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just need a I fucking I job. Just need, I just want a regular <laughs> or job. Or I'm not getting crushed every or, day.
2: Or if you're at your job and someone says, um, Hey, did someone call the delivery thing and tell them that they have to reroute that to wherever because it's heading the wrong way and it was your job to do it? And you're like, oh, sh- I didn't do that. Yeah. Well, get on the phone right now and deal with it. So someone yells at you for one second. And you don't have 40,000 people on the Internet across the country <laughs> being no, like, get rid of this bitch. Go hang yourself for <laughs> not rerouting it. I hope it your and- family's ashamed of you, you cunt. It's <laughs> like, whoa. Like, that's what these people have to deal with. I know. It's Level really stressful. You just you have to tune it out, or you have to. Yeah. But for a lot of people, some of them just can't. I mean they they can't do it, which is why it's fascinating. But again, what your show brings to the forefront, which is fascinating, it, it, it is a show that is about it is funny, it's jokes, it's characters, and doing stupid and funny things. But the the engine that drives it is we do have to ask ourselves why are we doing this? I know why do, why am is I is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is all the anguish this the guy is the guy who's we saw in the Atlanta airport with the bag that's basically crushing his shoulder. That yeah. it's eleven o'clock at night. He's still traveling. We're like, is it worth it for that guy? Yeah, like, to what do that? is life? Like, that's yes! how I often feel. It's like, what are we all doing? Like, does any, has anyone figured out what you're supposed to do? <laughs> no, I mean, I, th- I and I think that is the debate. For the longest time, there the be cool- a YouTube star. Yeah, that's what everyone wants to fit, <laughs> yeah. man. Make a shit ton of money as a YouTube star. But I mean, there. What's the old? Isn't there like some old classic parable? That's uh, the guy who goes down the the. He's a wealthy guy. I guess he's a motivated. Like he's, he's made uh, yeah, some money. Yeah. Goes down to like some small Caribbean island, and he hangs out with. He a gave, f- hires a fishing boat, and he and he goes out on a fishing boat. And the guy and do you know this story, and he no. catches he catches a the, lot the of fish. The guy takes him to this area. He's like, "There's good fish here, local dude." And so he goes and catches, and boom. And he catches like, more fish than he's ever caught on like a little fishing trip before. So he goes back the next day and he's like, "Can you take me to that another spot that's like that?" So he goes and catches even more fish at the next spot. He's like, "These are the only spots that I know." That I it. know. And he's like, D- "This is the greatest vacation." I've they ever go back had. one more time and he catches this shit. So he then says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hire a bunch of boats down here. We're going to go down here. We're going to put all these boats, and you know where the things are, so we're going to go, and we're going to get all this fish. We're gonna then. I got a connection to a guy. Up you'll in. be my partner. You'll be my I'm partner. I'm going to make you so rich. I'm going to make you so rich. That you'll never have to work again. You'll retire. And he's can, like, what would you do if you retired? And he's like, I'd I just, go fishing. I'd on a boat and fishing. I do exactly what I'm doing right now without all that stupid ass stress. Without 10 or 15 years of busting my ass and getting yelled at by you and all this stuff. So we're running as fast as we can around a cul-de-sac a lot of times to end up where we were. Yeah, it's true. I was just thinking
3: like in 20 years, there will be an ancient parable about a YouTube star. Like, like, I I guess what I would really do is just speak into a camera and load it to YouTube. I didn't really even want to make all that money. Exactly. (laughs) I just wanted to do that. I just, really, I just want to get my feelings out. <laughs> I just want to actually do something it's without so the pressure. It's so yeah. Without the people pressure judging me,
2: having to buy 27,000 bananas and putting it in a cart and knocking it over. Um, all right, should we take a break? Let's take a Let's little take a break. break. And then we have quick hits on the other side of this. Um, this I heard the other day. Remember the those guys from tennis? Uh, of yeah. course, Patrick and Elena are friends. This is oh, their album. Goodness. Is it off their album? No, this is William Onye Remember, Remember like, it had that guy in the blue suit with the cowboy When we were listening to records at their house yeah. After, this after, is called Comic Fantastic Wars. Man. All right, Jake Wiseman is a fantastic man. We come back, quick hits, and then later on the show, uh, Nicolas Cage talks about the Spider-Verse. So, Fantastic Man, Sklar Brothers, view from the cheap seats, stay with us.
1: Introducing the new Verizon Business Unlimited plans. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities on most VZ 5G devices. Monthly per line pricing with five plus lines on biz unlimited start. Device payment, smartphone purchase. Auto pay and paper free billing required. Terms apply. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. Do you want a more skilled and effective workforce? Do you want to build loyalty and increase employee retention? A partnership with Western Governors University could be exactly what you need. Over 300 organizations nationwide already count on WGU for valuable education benefits that lead to better prepared and more capable workers. With more than 60 accredited bachelor's and master's programs to choose from and shorter credential programs coming soon, WGU has long been a leader in making quality higher education more accessible. Flexible online learning is the key. Students can fit schooling around their existing schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. WGU makes earning a respected degree possible with just a computer and an internet connection. Partner with WGU today to make a smart investment in your company's and employee's future. Learn more at wgu.edu slash partnerships. That's wgu.edu slash partnerships.
2: Hey guys, welcome back to View from the Cheap Seats. Uh, we this, should mention about tonight. Tonight we are uh, tonight because this drops on Friday. Magic of time travel. We are mm-hmm. in San Francisco. We are doing Sketchfest. I'm sure you've done Sketchfest before. It is a blast. We are doing a Dumb People Town, our other podcast, live at Cobb's. Our early show, our stand up show, is sold out. The Cobb show that is such a goddamn big room. There will be tickets. So if you're mm-hmm. hearing this right now and you're you live in San Francisco and you want to come do something amazing, 10:30. Paul Shears our guest who is just the best improviser. He's never done the show, and uh, and another special secret guest is going to come on and do the show. Our birthday is at midnight uh, tomorrow. We turn forty seven each, and uh, that's how we do it. That's and then uh, we also want to mention we're doing a headlining show at the Rec Room, which is in Huntington Beach on January twenty sixth, which is a Saturday night. So please come out and uh, check that out. We've heard it's an amazing room. It's down in Huntington Beach, which we really haven't done stuff down there. So yeah, excited! Uh, Timed it. To, time to dust off all of our surfing material. Yes. Let's it's just... all right. Time dust. to put on our reef sandals. Yep, and make that shit happen. All right, let's talk about what's going on. Let's uh, do some quickets. Quickets, shall we? Uh, the idea of English Premier League football players, soccer players, coming over here and playing the MLS is in their prime is kind of like the big... That's the idea. You want to get people to like come over here in their prime and... Ibrahimovic would be like my example. He played for the Galaxy, and he was a guy who probably could have gotten a big contract either in La Liga or he he had like one more contract in. He had one more contract in, and so like if you can get a guy like that over here, that's the idea to make MLS. Because I think a lot of guys would love to play in America. Oh,
3: for sure. I mean, the endorsement money alone. I feel like it's cool, and America just has that. Yeah, America's America. Fine, America's America around yeah. the
2: world. To live in America would be a great thing, and be a sports star. And I actually think soccer is starting to. You go to you Portland. Know, you go to Portland, and you go to you go to Portland and Seattle. Those two cities, the rivalry is incredible. The Seattle football stadium gets jammed for Seattle Sounders games. Portland Timbers has, because it's like a smaller market, has like an incredible stadium. You're starting to see English-style, you know, Stadiums that are twenty-seven thousand, where the Chargers play, where the Chargers play. What stubups?
3: What seven. do you guys think is the reason soccer isn't bigger? In, in my opinion, it's like it's scoring. scoring. I think it's that's what I was going to say because hockey is an incredible game, but the the scores are low. Baseball
2: is, but that's just been around forever. Um, but I, baseball's waning, and they're trying to change baseball. Yeah. Like they I think, I think that baseball and soccer. Soccer is kind of. Soccer is actually I rising. Think it is rising. I think it is a growing sport. You know why soccer is rising? Also, because parents can, as a parent, parents can let their kids play it and not worry about yeah, the safety. Yeah, I played soccer injuries. growing up. Yeah. And you so, know so do we. And so when you're playing it, the other reason that soccer is growing as a sport is that Fox Sports and uh, NBCSN are showing Premier League games on the weekends, yeah. so kids can now watch every weekend the best players in the world. When I go play. to my kids' school and, and kids are wearing yes, Neymar jerseys, yes, they're, yeah, they're wearing Neymar, they're wearing Ronaldo, they're they're uh, they're wearing Messi, all, jerseys. Messi jerseys. That's and I think this worn. guy
3: Christian Pulisic or Pulisic, Pulisic. Yeah. I mean, he could be something huge. Well, like, the he fact could that he be... went to Chelsea is amazing. Yeah, seventy three, and he's just cool. Like I just like him. Super he's like, cool and super young. He, yeah, super young. He's really smart. He's like really kind of like outspoken politically in a good way. Like, like, not that I really care that much, but like, he's really like on yeah. the right side of things. You mean he's not like Kyrie Irving saying the Earth is flat, or mm-hmm. no? Steph but he's Bury like, he's saying like, saying gay people should get married. Yes. you know what I mean. And it's like good to have like a young star say that. And he um, has like a full
2: sleeve tattoo, and like yeah. he's like cool. He is cool. Um, yeah. So he could be, and the market will bear it out. That's yeah. the truth of the matter: is the market will bear it out. If you see a bunch of kids wearing like ten, you know, Christian Pulisic jerseys, yeah. then you're gonna. But th- I, but he that. U.S. soccer should, you know, not to put pressure on him, but they should build through him. Yeah. Well, he was it. saying that. He was saying that um, there are
3: all these weird rules. Um, he was saying like the ages between 16 and 18, he says, for soccer players are why like the most important years developmentally. And here they're just terrible. And, and here no. they just fuck you with how, what you, what the agency you're allowed to have, That's and right. just Europe totally has that
2: figured out. And he's like, until we have that, people aren't, people are always just going to leave here. So we got Wayne Rooney came over. Wayne Rooney, one of the most like iconic players mm-hmm. in in England history. Famously drunk, famously, famously drunk, drunk always red faced, had no hair. All then got hair transplant. <laughs> yeah. Had the did the like Brian Urlacher, I have hair now suddenly. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about him, which is so funny for us, was that when we first first getting into listening to. Uh, English Premier League soccer on the on Sirius radio and on the radio, there was a classic call of Wayne Rooney find, find the call. Rooney, and it's just the guy said two things. You don't even hear that he scored a goal. He's just like, Rooney in the area! Rooney in the area! Yes. Uh, does he say it twice? Or <laughs> Rooney! It's just Rooney. He just says, Rooney in the area, Rooney. Alright, that I for us mind. is a fantastic view. Great call. <laughs> well so too. We, as well. but, but like, these guys come over and I think People, he's a famous drunk in that, as far as that's concerned. But like in England, he's just another guy at the pub. I know. You know what I mean? Know. Like it's the idea really of it. Fun. So yeah. he comes here. You know, you can walk home from the pub yeah. there. You know what I mean? You can walk. There is a pub on every corner. Like <laughs> yeah. there, there are public houses in the neighborhood areas. I've been there. So like his. So but here it's a very different thing. And so Wayne Rooney was charged with a misdemeanor incident after at a Washington area airport. <laughs> How fucked up? I mean, listen, I I just walked to the airport to get some drinks, man. It's like. We always joke because at LAX in, like, Terminal 4, there's a sports sports bar called Home Turf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're like, whose Home Turf is this? (laughs) Who's coming to the airport buying a plane ticket so they can watch the game here at this sports bar? You know what? Sadly, I think it's just pilots getting drunk. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's their Home Turf, Yeah, and that's really sad. So uh, Mr. Rooney had triggered—you ready what he did? At Dulles Airport International, he had triggered a door alarm but did not breach airport security. That's how drunk he is. He's now triggering door Door alarms. alarms. He was charged with public intoxication and transported to London County Detention Center uh, to be held until he was sober. According to the court records, Rudin was released on his own recognizance and paid a $25 fine. He should have paid more than that. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, we, we should are, have paid his transfer fee. Right? We should have paid his transfer fee to get over there, to jail over there. It just, uh, to he's me, he's on loan to a I'm jail. I'm just saying, over like, there. you want these English players over here, but you have to understand how much they drink. Yeah. Like, I don't think you fully. No, I, English drinking is just a different kind of thing. It's on another level. It's yeah. professional, again, and I think what we need to do is get our kids in the eight, 16 to 18 years, get we got to teach them how to drink. Yeah, how to there drink. are too many laws here against those kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, geez, I, this is what I'll say about this. You have to be vigilant when testing drugs, you know, athletes for drugs. You just have to, although, like, I'm a huge proponent of THC and CBD being used instead of Vicodin, so I'm like, let's lose the opioids and let's turn it into, you can take pills for weed. It's like, it'll look like a Vicodin pill. We'll make it, we'll put a V on it just so you can feel good about it, but it's just (laughs) CBD, so just understand you're not going to be addicted to it the way you, you want to, and it actually might make you feel better and help your chronic pain in certain ways. But if you're an institution that tests for this type of infraction, you have to test everyone. Case in point, I will tell you right now, um, as I pull this thing up, 90-year-old American cyclist to be stripped of title after failing drug tests. 9 year old American cyclist has been given a public warning for violating anti-doping laws. Carl Grove claimed contaminated meat. Can we stop the contaminated, contaminated meat? I mean, give me a break. All well, Grove, the he's reason- claiming contaminated meat. That's like someone hacked my Twitter account for it, old people. It's also just like, you're 90? Just be
3: like, yeah, I fucking did drugs. Leave yeah. me alone. Like, I'm fucking i still 90. alive. I hope when well, you're
2: 90, you make these mistakes. <coughs> Grove, the oldest participant in the event, had won the men's 90 to 94 sprint title in July. The US anti-doping. I just like that they're still going at it. They're like, there's no way you could have gotten this time. Unless, someone, someone else—it's ninety-year-old. Someone else uh, complains. Someone else complains. <laughs> someone else is like, look into this. <laughs> you know, another contest. With- Carl was a little too fast. I thought he went way too hard. <laughs> uh, Usada is the guy's. Uh, is the name of the agency said grow from Bristol, Indiana, had provided information that showed contaminated meat he had eaten the evening before competing was more likely than not caused the positive testing for Epitrenbolone. Why are we testing at this point, those people? I don't know. Shouldn't, they, shouldn't he be allowed to, you know? I mean, well, they should think... all be allowed to dope. Like, it's just also like, it. there's just so
3: much hypocrisy and so much back and forth. It's like, what are the rules? What are? What is this moral stance we're taking? Can anyone explain it? Can Do he you bl- feel good can't about he
2: blame it? it on being old? If a 94-year-old person just said, the Roombas are gonna take over the world. <laughs> Like you would say, "Oh, well, I'm He's sure nine. he, I'm sure he doped and didn't remember it." Blame it on being exactly. old. Exactly. Like my dad
3: is eighty-five and has a cane everywhere, and like wears adult diapers. It's like you're ninety and can get on a bike. Be pr- make him the president. Old, him pe-
2: old people should be able to get away with it. If you're an old person, you park in a handicap spot, but you're not handicapped, and someone comes up to you and is like, "Sir, what's going on?" You're like, "I forgot my placard." You, yeah. W- who questions that guy? Oh, who God. that is? Like, do you really have a placard? You have to be a dick to do that to an old that's person. That's what. The, yeah. That that that's taking this too Just far. Just say I didn't realize. Like, an old person could not pay his taxes and be like, "I." thought I paid if you're ninety
3: if you're ninety and competing at cycling, you should be required to dope. Otherwise I'm not gonna watch it. I don't right. wanna watch someone who's not on drugs like <laughs> like just go like one
2: mile a day. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah no no this and this was the sprint. This is the sprint. Yeah, exactly. All right uh, be careful who you trash talk. Uh, this is a story for anyone if you're trash talking someone you might be trash talking to that person. In the sense of corporate there were times uh, or in this industry that we're in anytime someone cu- cuts me off and I'm driving to a meeting, uh, my instinct is to not honk or flick them off because I'm like, that's who I'm going to That's <laughs> who I'm going to be. That's going to be a boss of some situation uh, that, I, like, isn't that crazy that no, we think like that? No, it is
3: absolutely true. You have to be careful. Also, like, who you sleep with, you know what I mean? Like, you don't yeah. know, like, you're going to be pitching to them. Don't sleep with someone who's got
2: too often traffic. Yeah. All right. Especially <laughs> if you're an Uber driver. Especially if you're a player, if you're the player on the team that they're uh, trash talking about. Uber drivers should be like referees. I've said this, I said this on another podcast. If they're doing a great job, that means you hardly recognize that you know that they're there. Just doing a great job. We don't need to... That's a good point. Melvin Gordon's Uber driver trash talked the Chargers <laughs> before the <laughs> Melvin game. Melvin Gordon. And he started recording on his phone. Running back, Mel. Do you door. have a clip of it? Caption: I'm gonna try and find it. Caption: uh, he, he captured a funny sort of interaction. I gotta see. Where I think it. it's in the article. By yeah. the way, did you hear? Uh,
3: did, did were you guys aware of that story where the Ottawa Senators were in an Uber? Yes. Unreal. And they were
2: talking shit about their own coaches and their own and stuff. The and the guy Uber just recorded that. Record. And then that came oh, out, and they had to apologize that is to them. Psycho. After Gordon asserts, so basically what happened, I'll just explain to you. The driver's not aware he's debating one of the NFL's top playmakers. I mean, the guy, Melvin Gordon, is like the most jacked-looking dude ever. Like... In a football uniform, he looks like he's an Adonis. And then, so I'm assuming if he's just sitting there, you, you have to assume, is he this guy part of it? Anyway, the driver's unaware he was debating one of the top playmakers in the video that posted on Sunday. While there's nothing wrong with supporting the home team, the driver's case gets off track a bit early during the verbal clash about the two teams' quarterbacks. After Gordon asserts Phillip Rivers is the, is a future Hall of, Flamer, Hall of Famer, the guy says, listen, uh, that don't make no difference this guy, Lamar Jackson's a Heisman Trophy winner. Okay, that's not a great case to make. Am but I he right? did say that don't make no difference so, so maybe it does make <laughs> that's a double <laughs> negative so maybe it makes a lot of difference I, if,
3: I really like watching the. there's like Lyft videos Lyft has, where they, <laughs> they get like famous athletes to drive Lyft and they pick up people and they start talking trash about themselves to try to get them to join so in to and Does that like, reveal the end. I love that that
2: shit. is great. So, so they, great so this guy is kind of like he didn't do it he yeah. just didn't know who he was talking to they proceed to have an engaging conversation over the next three minutes about uh, the game that just happened including Gordon crying the driver for an opinion about himself what about that running back that Melvin Gordon kid with no shortage uh, of good banter. It's fun, lighthearted moment uh, ahead of what will likely be a hard-fought clash. Is what that and, was. Was. And, and it, it was. And it was, dude. I mean, it was a hard-fought clash for the uh, Ravens. The the Chargers beat the crap out of them. They did, although they, they came back came at back the, at end. the very end. It was like, you had a shot. I know. That was, it was actually super, super, super exciting. Well, Jake Weissman, thank you for stopping by. To follow you on Twitter, at Jake Weiss- At Weissman Jake. At Weissman Jake. And on the Instagrams. Uh, I don't, I'm not on an Instagram not anymore. Not Instagram yeah. anymore. All, All right. right. Uh, but And watch Corporate on Comedy Central. It's so fantastic and we're so grateful and happy and it that it's And it says something. I love a show that is funny and it's great jokes and great characters. It's shot really well, beautifully shot. I love the way it looks and everything. So stylistically really cool. But it says something, which thank the goddamn Lord it does. Um okay all right let's take a break uh when we come back uh Nicholas Cage leaves yeah, a left, left voice to a voicemail, voicemail. He's from Vegas and uh you know he's very excited about his role in the Spider-Verse Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse I mean, his idea for what he wants to do with it is also fascinating. fascinating. Yeah, it's, just, it's a know, window does into. Does he his... know that it's an animated? Well, it's That's a window fine. into his mind. You're gonna check this out. This is surfing the extended mix, Ernest Wrangling and the Sound Dimension. You can tell that I know what's up. Yeah, uh, you're down with it. Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back. music 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 All right, everybody, welcome back to View from the Cheap Seats. I love Jake Wiseman. That dude knows his sports, and he's a really great guy to hang with, and I'm so happy for him. Please check out Corporate on Comedy Central. Uh, Also, check out Those Who Can't. It's back. It's up. It is our show, the show that we did with our buddies uh, from the Growlix, Adam Caden-Holland, Andrew Orvidal, uh, Ben Roy, Maria Thayer. Uh, good people, really good people and a great. Roy Scovel. Scovel's in the show. They Kyle Kane. They used such good people. Sherry O'Terry. Keep going. It's all keep all Rich Fulcher. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, we did a bit with Rich Fulcher this past season that maybe one of my favorite things we've done on TV. Yes. Uh he and it was all I'm gonna give him full on credit for pushing us in this direction because yes. he's such a genius. Anyway, check that out. Those who can't on True TV, and obviously check out corporate. Now we did get a voicemail from Nicholas Cage, as we said at the top of the show. Uh he is flying high off the success of Spider-Man high. and the Spider-Verse. And the success of the Golden Knights. He'll probably weave that in somehow, but let's uh let's listen to what he had to say.
4: Jason, Randy, what is up? What an amazing time we're living in right now. And the time I'm talking about is, of course, the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Guys, this movie is a hit. Nicholas Cage is in a movie in theaters. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, I'm back, baby. So, look, um, I wanted to extend a formal invitation to you guys. I'm going to be doing a staged reading of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse this Saturday at the Cosmopolitan Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Go Golden Knights! Listen, um, stage reading, me, Nicolas Cage, I'm going to be doing my part, which, of course, Spider-Man Noir, the greatest part of the whole movie, but I'm also going to be reading all of the other parts as well, um, the way God intended. Um... Because, quite frankly, when I was called in to do this movie, I was very confused as the the fact that it was animated. They told me they wanted Nick Cage to come in and be Spider-Man Noir. Um, I showed up with a golden cane with a skull on it because I'd hurt my leg, and they showed me a picture, and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And then when I get to set, um, it's just a booth, and there's a microphone... And uh, some of the other actors were there were talking into microphones and I'm like, wow, this is the movie. I love it. It's like, you know, movies should just be people in a room standing around saying lines and then it should be up to the audience to have to use their imaginations to be able to put the whole visual world together. And so that's what Nicholas Cage is doing. This weekend at the Cosmopolitan Theater in Las Vegas. Yeah, the Cosmopolitan Hotel, their theater. You get it. Great. Nicholas Cage. Uh, my son kal is going to be there. Uh, he was kicked out of set when we were shooting because he kept touching the knobs. He loves shiny things. Here's the thing, guys, all right? Golden Ice Hockey. Feel the fever. Catch it. Ice Hockey. Cage. Spider-Verse. Go see it six more times because I need the money. All right, out.
2: I don't know if just a full reading... Did he really think it was a live-action movie? I wouldn't put it past him. Even after he recorded in a sound booth? That's hard to believe. I guess just I don't understand the minds of people who have done so much stuff. It's kind of like... I think he's doing so many things, he just doesn't know what he's doing. I think so. I think you're right, too. Who's this? This is Do It Again from Big Daddy Kane. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Cappadonna... This, I give J-Logic, DJ Logic, (laughs) just J-Logic, so much credit Pass the cord Check that out Guys punch waterfalls We'll see you tonight If you're in San Francisco Please come see us We're doing a live version Of our other podcast Dumb People Town 1030 1030 Cops Comedy Club Paul Shear And a special guest If you're in San Francisco Please come see us We'd love to see you It's gonna be a killer show uh, And then our birthday tomorrow Which is really exciting So punch waterfalls Punch waterfalls We're out And we'll be back next week Coachella. Couple massages
1: Glass away. In the sun, I can walk you through my farmland trees of marijuana.
0: We can laugh till the sun goes down at dusk. All you gotta do is be honest and love our truth. It's a cool show.